Coming up on this, our 100th episode of Don't Panic, we're not really doing anything special. We're going to do the same thing we do every week. We're going to talk the tech news, including the launch of Windows 10. We're going to talk about Google's Alphabet Soup. We're also going to discuss uh, Samsung's Galaxy Note event. And is Amazon a shitty place to work? We'll discuss it as well here on our 100th episode of the show. We hope you stick around. We've got some fun stuff in store. Don't Panic is going to start for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 100, recorded August 17, 2015, on delayed projects, alphabet soup, and celebrating our centennial. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that dares to do it 100 times. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined tonight... By the Fermium and Five Score of Technology, their favorite letter is C. It's Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, wow, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, one and all. Did, did can you, you explain all... that? Can you explain the reference? This is one of the rare ones where I actually did research ahead of time. Um, oh, wow. Some time. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, Fermium is the 100th element on the periodic table. And okay. five, five Score uh-huh. is five uh, is. Um, 100. 100. And nice. C is the Roman numeral for 100 as well. So, Wow. A lot of references to our 100th episode. Are you guys as jazzed as I am? Oh, I'm jizzed. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't phrase it that way, but okay, <laughs> sure. Why not? Oh, sorry. I, I misspoke. That, <laughs> that works for me. And, and, and even better, gentlemen, I've got a, a surprise for our 100th episode, okay? Wow. In, uh, in celebration of our grand accomplishment and to celebrate our Massachusetts heritage, I, I, I got us a piece of uh, Boston cream pie. There you go. I'm oh, you my God. Everyone at home. I love Boston cream and pie. I got some candles here. My Boston to... cream pie is my favorite kind of cake. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now I want you guys to uh, to to remotely blow out the candles. Okay, ready? Okay. On the count of three: one, All right. All right. two, three. <laughs> there you, you did it! You did it! Look at that! Happy hundredth episode, everybody! Yay! Wow, that is that is amazing. I'm so sorry you guys don't get to have any of this though. Uh, on, well, yeah. well, you, you I'm, I'm pretty there. sorry too. I, I wish the Amazon drones could could bring you some, but there is only. But there's, the the workers are too sad to even. They don't get to eat Boston cream pie. They're too busy working. Jeff Bezos doesn't give them any Boston cream pie. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they, they don't deserve it. Um. <laughs> wow. I don't want to spend too long hanging up. It's our hundredth, but I did want to ask you guys if you have any 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 fond memories or any any moments you wanted to recall. You wanted to reminisce about? Oh yeah, definitely. Or has it all just so been a big far, blur? No, no, no. So far, still my favorite memory on this show is when I accidentally banned myself from the podcast. That was pretty <laughs> that was, great. Google, yeah, Google Hangouts was hard. That was back. That was we challenging. Were, we were really early users of Hangouts. I mean, we were back hmm. when it was first doing on air. Pioneers, right? We did that for one. We could segue into a news story. I haven't actually looked at the rundown, but I, I'm guessing this is in the rundown? The the breakout of Hangouts into its own thing? Is that uh, in the Hangout? Believe well, anyways. Not, it is not. We, we can talk about it. Well, just today, Google uh, did what I think we probably recommended that they do, so they probably listened to us. 
and uh, took Hangouts and put it in its own website, hangouts.google.com. Wow. And I have never visited it until <laughs> just now. Well, yeah, but it's like, what are you going to use? I, I don't know anyone who uses Hangouts, though. I know some Android people who use Hangouts. I mean, I guess I could. I mean, an- yeah. It's the same so argument. Doesn't Android message. work like... Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it work like iMessage now? Yeah. Where basically. if you have two Android people and you text someone, you're going over the internet instead of the SMS? Yeah. Yeah, it's all integrated. So, you know, I guess I can't... Yeah, so it. now this is great. You can just... You can do your Hangout stuff right from one website where it's sort of nice. Yeah. Nice I mean, and uh, easy to use. What I remember easy. is the Google Plus stuff was a pain in the ass when you were trying to do the... The Hangouts on Air. It, it was always such a hassle to get in and start it and share it. I don't. Yeah, that was that. so confusing. I, I we I I I don't think I ever succeeded in joining a Google Hangout the way I expected to do it. <laughs> it, was, it was always a hassle. So maybe it's better now. That was like it, more than a year ago, That's right? Well, but your company uh, uses Google Hangouts for video conferencing, right? We do. Yeah. As- uh, does it suck less? Like, do people always get confused? So my problem is a lot of people at work, and granted, these are programmers. When we used to use Google Hangouts, it was like it took everyone a couple minutes to figure out how to join any given Hangout. Sometimes there's a calendar link. So- uh I told him not to upload those gigabytes of files while we were doing the show. <laughs> he's on my screen. He's just like this. Oh yeah! Oh, everyone it, at like, home is there's motion blurry. I love it. All right, all right. Crash. That is enough. Is enough. Anyways, yeah. Anyways. Oh, oh. I I will say oh. I will just say briefly <laughs> that one of my two of my favorite moments from the show was the like two or three episodes where us saying um, "Okay, Google" kept triggering your your phone back when you were. <laughs> that was that was and good. That that made me laugh harder than anything. Um, that. That was a classic moment. And, and and one moment I'm particularly proud of was the um the one time we did a live event, the um, WWDC. Oh yeah, uh, last year. Oh my god, I remember I I skyped in from the courtyard at Facebook to to be a part of that. It was really neat to be able to do it in real time and to have people coming in and out. We had a bunch of people on the phone, and it was like two and a half hours worth of streaming. But that was a ton of fun, and I wish I had you know, didn't have a job. Um, it could do right. that more. But <laughs> Damn, that was that was fun. It was. But such memories. And here's to here is to another hundred. <laughs> now that Dan is yeah. back. Cheers. Cheers to that. All right. That, enough of the shenanigans. We had to, we had to you know open up the hundred shows in my technical difficulties. That's that's <laughs> one thing we did in episode one, in episode one hundred, and in episode one thousand. Technical difficulties. Did we have technical difficulties in episode one? I um, felt like we would have been like hyper prepared for that one. We would have been like on edge. I don't know if it's hyper prepared, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I do remember the first episode was unusual because you both did it from your respective homes. It wasn't your normal Dan. You That's were at, true. You were yeah, at your parents' house and Colby was at at home as well. Um, I feel like we did a couple that way, right? Yeah, it was around that yeah. time. It was it was summer, just after graduation, yeah. so people were kind of all over the place. The in-between. Um, and two and a half years later, God willing, we're still on the air. Um, <laughs> gainfully employed. And gainfully employed, yep. yes, indeed. Yep. <laughs> uh, and still, 
only one washer, Dan's mom, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, and I, one other thing, because I know we're talking a lot before we get to the tech news, and there is tech news, I do promise. Um, Don'tPanic.io is the website, but I want to let everyone know, guys, it's our 100th episode. we got to do something special, don't you think? Yeah. How about we give away some prizes to people? Prizes? We haven't done a giveaway in a while. Oh, yeah. And, and so uh, for our 100th episode, we're going to do this. All you have to do to enter to win is tweet about this episode. You can either retweet the tweet the Don't Panic Show account tweets out or tweet your own and tag at Don't Panic Show. Hosts are not eligible to win. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, we're going to pick two winners, and the two winners are each going to get one of these sweet Don't Panic t-shirts. Whoa! Um, that even the hosts don't have, although maybe they'll get some. We'll see. Uh and, and maybe some other prizes. I gotta see what I still have lying. I think I got some stickers lying around. I'll send you and some other stuff. So we'll get some cool show prizes. You get some swag. All you have to do is tweet about this episode. I'll remind you uh, on Twitter at Don't Panic Show as well as at the end of the episode. So for episode 100, here's to the fans. This this buds for you. I don't know something like that. So um, <laughs> let's jump in, gentlemen. You, you've been out of the country incommunicado for a few weeks. You missed a couple things. I made a list. I don't think it's inclusive, but we'll certainly try. Where would you like to start? Hmm. I still haven't looked at the thing, so this oh is all Colby. <laughs> uh, no, we got distracted. Uh, also, should we by talk the way, about the, the traffic from the uh, from the uh, the contest has already taken the website down. So this is this is serious <laughs> business. Well played. Well played. Wow, Dan. Fantastically passing the buck there. I love it. It's like, I, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was our fans. Yeah. It. It, it definitely hasn't been down for like three weeks. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Well, good. Well, hey, it's good to know we're popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I feel like we should talk about the al alphabet. Alphabet. A, B, C, D. Oh, yeah. E, F, G. Absolutely. The corporate realignment of the century, as no one has called it. Um, <laughs> this uh, this uh, past week, um, Google announced they're doing something a little crazy. Um, and I'm going to try to explain it the best way I can. I am not a business expert, but I will do what I can. So there's Google, right? And Google owns a bunch of stuff. So what they decided to do was take Google's core properties, the search engine, advertising, um, YouTube, Android, those things, and make a Google company, right? Stay with me. Then spin off all of the kind of more interesting stuff, Nest, uh, Life Sciences, the Internet Drones, the all that kind of wacky stuff into a bunch of other companies, right? So now there's Google, and then there's all these other companies, okay? Then they created a super company, like a, like a super company, stay with me here, called Alphabet. Alphabet owns Google. Google is a subsidiary of Alphabet. Alphabet also owns all of these other little companies. Okay? Larry and Sergey were in charge of Google. Now they're in charge of Alphabet. And they run all the companies, including Google. Uh, Sundar Pichai promoted to head of Google. Okay. Sweet. Understood. I, I, I hope that was clear. Really... The main purpose for this are a couple things. One, uh, there's a whole bunch of tax and financial reasons for doing this that I am not qualified enough to explain, but I'm just going to assume it benefits them um, with things like how they report financials and what parts of the business make money and not others. 
because um, some were dragging down other parts. Another big thing, uh, Larry and Sergey now get to play with all the fun parts of Google, while Sundar Pichai runs the money printing side of the business, uh, which I think is a big benefit for them, and I think something they wanted to do. Um, yeah, that's, that's I, I think, the core of it. Um, I don't believe I missed anything. I mean, what do you guys, do you guys see this as just a, 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 fin a financial loophole, or do you see this more as a company trying to be innovative? We're somewhere in between. Well, I mean, I feel like it just sort of makes sense. Like, I feel like, I don't know, Google has become a lot of things, and it's, like, getting kind of bloated, probably. So I would imagine, like, as organizationally, there is some some benefit to just detaching unrelated parts into their own semi-autonomous things. Uh, I don't know. I, th I think it makes sense. I think it's interesting... No, I don't know. Maybe it's not even interesting at all. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me a lot of Microsoft, which, and, and I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's, Microsoft is something like 12 different billion-dollar businesses, you know, like right. Office and Xbox and Windows and Bing and all these different things. Um, and because it's all under Microsoft, it really screws, you know, shareholders hate it because they're not getting the value out of it because the mm -hmm. stock is just one number for all these different businesses. Right, right. Um, yeah, and like Office can be doing great for years and years, but it's it you know you can't just invest in Office. You can you have to invest in Microsoft and and the other things bring that down. Whereas like something that's not necessarily controversial uh, is is doesn't I guess doesn't present you an opportunity to get value out of it because it's it's reflected upon by the controversial stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was interesting that some people uh, theorized that they split it out because in, what, investors in Google get really antsy over, uh, you know, self-driving cars and Project Loon and cancer research because it's not driving value to the business. So if you separate out those companies, you're not reporting those earnings with Google anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but... It's, it was also interesting how much people cared about this. Like, this could have been... This would have been really easy to make this a boring PR announcement. Like, oh, we we're readjusting our priorities and, you know, aligning under a new corporate structure. Everyone's talking about this Alphabet thing, which is a really uh, strange name. <laughs> it is. I don't know. It's just, like, it's just like a very common noun. Yeah. Like, like a company called Desk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I feel like they're not trying to make Alphabet a brand. Like I don't think it's going to be the Super Google brand. I feel like their subsidiaries will will remain the like names you know. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, I still it is still kind of weird. Like they don't have Alphabet.com or at Alphabet on Twitter is the same way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I thought they did get that. Um, no, I thought the same company that owned Alphabet.com owned it, unless it changed recently. I do like ABC.xyz, oh. which is kind of a fun URL. Is it uh, Alphabet.com is a uh, is a is a just some random dad? Oh. But he put he put in his Twitter profile that uh, he is not associated with. He's got Alphabet. Honestly, he's <laughs> got to just sell that. That's got to be, man, I wish I had thought to register all this shit on Twitter when it first came out. <laughs> I would be so rich. 
You got to do it now, man. You got to got to pick the next big I thing. I got to go on and... Snapchat and acquire all the names on, you know, Pepsi on Snapchat yeah. and really, really stick it to them. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, the thing, the key thing to take away from Alphabet is I don't see it as a strategic reorganization of the business because if I did that, I don't understand why they wouldn't spin off Google or uh, YouTube from Google, right? YouTube mm-hmm. doesn't really touch most of the stuff Google does. Maybe through advertising, sure, but it's its own billion-dollar company, and I don't know why it needs to be under the Google umbrella. The reason I think it stayed under the Google umbrella is because they only spun off the fun, goofy things and not the things that make money. Google yeah. only exists as a subsidiary of Alphabet to pay for the other parts of Alphabet. And so that's yeah. why I think they kept YouTube there, was if you make money, you stay with Google. If you're a fun project, Larry and Sergey get to play with you under Alphabet. Well, no, yeah. but Google... I, YouTube is an advertising company, the same as Google is. Essentially, yeah. Whereas Nest isn't an advertising company. Right. Right. I also feel like Google and YouTube are probably, like, behind the scenes, pretty integrated uh, at some level or another. Like, go, right, right. You know, the way they serve ads and stuff. So I don't know, like... I mean, obviously, logistically, I don't know if anything, any of that, like, what's the dynamic there if they're separate companies, but they're, like, running on the same servers, right? Like, I don't know if it, like, legally it might not even be possible or make sense at all. Yeah, I mean, this is, hey, this is a a plea to shareholders and to the tax code to look at Google more favorably that they spun into a good PR move, hey. Props to Google. Uh, you know, companies reorg all the time. They just happen mm-hmm. to get a lot of press out that's of it. That's true. So, right. You know, I think I think saying anything more than that's what it is 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 kind of PR. But maybe that's you know uh, to be seen. Maybe we'll see cool things that out. But I, if this means more cool stuff coming out of the fun labs of Google, hey, yeah, I'm all for it. Right. Um, right now. What? I said right o. Right o. Um, where would you like to go next? We got a, we got a list of stories here. Well, we should yeah, talk about right. Windows 10 because Sean has some oh. fun Windows 10 stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Windows 10. So uh, Windows 10 launched is now available. If you have a, a Windows 7, 8, or 8.1 PC, uh, you should have the little thing in the corner constantly harassing you to upgrade. Um, I will briefly <laughs> tell my story, which is I did on the day it came out. And it installed, it was actually one of the easiest install upgrades I've ever done. Worked great. And then it promptly destroyed performance on my computer like I have never seen. Like, it's not that things didn't work, it's just that they worked so badly, it made it terribly impractical to use it. Really simple, like Chrome worked okay. All of the new Windows 8 stuff, like the new Notification Action Center or Cortana, you would click, and it would be like five minutes. I kid you not. No exaggeration. Before it would be. (laughs) It was so weird. And File Explorer was the same way. Any of the core Windows stuff just (laughs) ran terribly. Was it? So is, uh, forgive me, I've been away. Is Windows 10 like like released released or was this like a beta release no this is the full release now it's it's a rolled out wow. release, so not every person hmm. their computer may allow them to upgrade but this is supposedly right. the final you know outside of updates yeah the final version. right uh wow yeah and i listen I, i've heard a lot of people who really like it i'm just saying from my mm-hmm. experience i did it for about yeah. two weeks and was so fed up 
Oh, and then updates. All of the updates weren't installing properly, and I had to do all these like registry key workarounds. And oh, I, no. just, I just downgraded to eight point nice. one, which was also really easy. Like the installation. Oh, really? I was going to ask. How did you do that? There were, I think, like, well, it's built in. So for um, you have up to a month after going to ten to downgrade back to whatever you had, and you just click a button, and it just does it. You know, you wait a little while, and then you come back, and it's your old computer, and your files are there. I think there were like about six programs I had to reinstall that kind of got screwed up, but otherwise everything's working fine and we're doing the show and it's working. Um, the, if you listen to episode 99, our last episode, um, it was audio only because the video did not work. So, um, it is a, uh, I, I'm glad to be back on 8.1. I'm sure Windows 10 will be good, but I'm going to wait a long time before I try a good six months before, uh, before, and hopefully they fix. I, it was just a performance. I don't know if it was a driver's thing or what it was. Um, you know, the, the, the features, new features might have been cool if I could use them. But yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a shame. So, that, that's my little spiel, my little story. Um, right. But it is out there. You're so. the first person I've heard of using Windows 10. <laughs> I was happy, and honestly, when 8, 8, point, when 8 came, I upgraded right away. And when 8.1 came, I upgraded right away, and I never had problems. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time. Yeah. It was really just, it was just the performance. Like, a, you know, I wonder terribly. Have you heard about other people having problems like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not, I wouldn't uh, say it's a big piece of the population, but there mm -hmm. have been articles going around. The updates problem is more pervasive. There were a lot of people having issues. Right. And it, it, believe it or not, it was an NVIDIA driver that screwed up something in your registry that made Windows not mm -hmm. do updates right. I, That's terrifying. You know, I got a Windows computer because I assumed it would work perfectly every time. Yeah. That was sarcastic. <laughs> um, you're supposed uh, to laugh. Uh, it's a joke. It's a Windows computer. It never works. This is completely uh, expected. I forgot. Uh, We're Dan and I are just so detached at this point in our lives. We don't even remember <laughs> why we stopped Apple, using... Apple spheres that you don't even... Yeah. No, Windows never heard of it. If you count 8.1, I haven't used Windows for three versions, three major releases. Whoa. Whoa. So what, so what? The last you used was Vista? Windows 7. Windows, oh, win yeah, 8. 8. 10, 8.1, 8. 8. Yeah. Yeah, hey, listen, 8.1 works great. I have no problems. I'm very happy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, we're going to keep it that way for a while. So that's my, my Windows 10 story. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts. I know we've kind of covered it on the show before. Not really. I, you, what you did get to see, though, did you did you end up preferring it to the sort of more uh, hybrid tablet-y desktop feel that 8.1 has going on? Um, yes and no. I mean, it was little things like, you know, on 8, when you put your mouse up in the corner, the charms pop out, and they got rid of the charms in 10. So, like, you notice those kinds of things. But to be honest, I do all the little tweaks that make it got rid of it in 8.1 anyway, so the fact that it wasn't there in 10 was something, you know, my pick this week, which is start 10, I use start 8 on Windows 8, which is, puts in the old start menu, so, you know, I customize it so much anyway. Okay. You know, like like I said, the cool stuff I wanted to use, was like Cortana and the new Action Center, um, those, you know, didn't work, so I didn't get a good chance to really try them. Does, does uh, Windows let you do that level of customization? Like, change the start menu is that like a supported thing or sort of a hack um it, well it's just an execute i mean it's just a, a software you can download i mean they allow you to to overwrite that with software i mean they don't block it 
Um, and it right. works. Well, it works well. Like I said, I've been using Start Eight for years on eight point one, uh, and it's been it's been great. So and, t- and Start Ten worked well on ten while it worked. Uh, <laughs> so um, okay. so yeah, that's, that's what you get with Windows. Gotcha. You have to go to somebody else to make it work. Sounds good. <laughs> um, well, I look forward to hearing back when you <laughs> in six months. More. Check back episode <laughs> two hundred, and we'll be here to tell you all about. Uh, Windows 10 for real. Um, let's continue, gentlemen. What else is in the pile that we can talk about? We can discuss Amazon. We can talk about Apple or Samsung. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about the Apple thing. Or, sorry, the Amazon thing. The Amazon thing. This was a big, really, I would argue, took the internet by storm for about five minutes, uh, which was this <laughs> New York Times... Just the eternity internet uh, well, time. I know, exactly, right? Um... A New York Times piece titled Inside Amazon, Wrestling Big Ideas in a Bruising Workplace. Um, I, I recommend you go read it. It's a pretty lengthy article in the Times. The, the summary version, as I interpreted it, was Amazon has these goals and these ideals for their employees, but they hold them to such a ridiculous standard that instead of doing what a Google or a Facebook would do, which is lavish perks on you to get you to succeed, they instead take the opposite route and are tougher and demand you work more hours and work, um, you know, be reviewed by your peers in the rank and yank style, like some companies used to do. Amazon still does it. Um, and uh, anonymous peer reviews that people would use to game the system and, and all those sorts of things you hear companies shouldn't be doing. Uh, Amazon is at least as far as former employees say, are doing that. Um, and, of course, Amazon says, no, that's not true. We're for innovative people. And, yes, we, we push our people hard, but that's why we succeed. Um, Bezos has come out and said this isn't true, and I dare an employee to point out where this has happened. He's actually going to be on Good Morning America tomorrow to defend the article. Um, he didn't say he dared an employee. I, I literally think I read he dared an employee. Hey, I, I was just... <laughs> that's not helping then. Well, well, the I, only, well, that's my the only thing right I read was that he said, if I worked for that company, I would quit. Mm-hmm. Or or he said, I wouldn't work at a place like that. Well, I would okay, have found another All job. right, maybe I exaggerated. Jeff Bezos asked his staff to read the scathing Amazon profile and tell him if any of it was true. Right. I may have exaggerated, but that, you know, he, he, he wants people to point out to him, apparently, if they think that's not true. Uh, and I, I will say, you guys both work in technology, um, in, in, in publicly traded companies, um, maybe at a smaller scale than Amazon. But still, I mean, when, when you guys, did you guys, A, did you read this? And B, if you did, what did you think of what the people were saying in the article? I read it. Colby, did you read it? Uh, I have not read the whole thing. This did. Uh, I believe this happened while we were. Oh, I guess this only happened a couple no. of days ago. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses. Never mind. I didn't read it. Um, I've I like breezed through some of the the highlights right now. But in any case, your your feedback is more more important than mine, given that <laughs> given my ignorance. Uh, well, I mean, I. Thankfully, I can't say I've really experienced any of this, but it it doesn't surprise me that this is happening, and I don't think it's only happening at Amazon. Uh, I think that this is happening at a lot of tech companies, and I think it comes down to this 
this romantic notion that people have, especially in technology, but maybe in other places that, uh, you know, it's, I think they use the term in here like Darwinism, like forced Darwinism or something that if you just compete on a purely meritocratic level, then that's the best way to make decisions. And the mm. problem is that that uh, you know, humans aren't uh, meritocratic beings at all. So, like, we don't judge things internally just by someone's actions. There's no, and and there's no. We judge them by what color their skin is, what they did in the past, who their friends are, uh, and there's not like a number that can be associated with with almost any of these things. So if you're talking about someone's performance, you're like, yeah, you were an 8.5 out of 10. It's like, well, you could say that, but there's no there's no real math. You can't show your work on that. Uh, so the, the whole stack ranking thing falls over because there cannot, there cannot be a number. And if there can't be any numbers, then there can be no relative value between multiple points if you can't quantify what the exact value is so uh uh someone at work today said that dealing with humans is a lot more like literary criticism than calculus there is no real right answer and how well you do depends a lot more on how you delivered the message and less upon how the message what the message actually was uh so I thought that I thought I I like that statement a lot, but I think this is prevalent in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are some. Uh, it's it struck me in the past at, uh, I don't know, like it, at various places that it's there. It's, things like this, this sort of like gotta work a lot of hours almost happen like without like they're not mandated from the top but it seems to be the case in tech that it's like a peer pressure a, a well well it's like like it's kind of culture. a badge of honor thing mm-hmm. right right it's like culture to like go home and work until two in the morning just because uh because like I don't know, because you feel like you didn't work hard enough during the day or because you want to get a lot of stuff done or something or you want to be productive. Um, well, they incentivize... Uh, it's it's really complicated. Like, I think what happens is that uh, no one really tells you... like People might tell you explicitly not to do that, but there are so many examples of people who do that and right, succeed. And succeed. And, right. and are, you know, held up, are explicitly held up as uh, the examples of where you should go and how you should work and how you should behave at this place that right. you, you end up doing it in spite of, you know, what someone says or what the rules might be. Right. And and then and, no one puts a stop to that. So it's like... Yeah. Well, and then it gets especially tricky when you're at at a place where, you know, you, like a Google or a Facebook or... I mean, I always assumed Amazon was like this, but maybe maybe they're not. I don't know. Like where where you get all kinds of food, like you get three meals a day. Oh, no. Uh, there's no so so I guess not Amazon, but in any case, like if you're incentivized to be at the office for a long time, um, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like that just makes it worse because you end up sticking around. You know, you're there from from nine to seven anyways. Like, so you end up sticking around for for food and you end up working. And I don't know, just turn can turn into your whole life, really. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I but, think it, if I'm going to be stuck for long hours at a company, right, I'd rather be that company than, you know, Amazon, who the only reason you're there is because you're afraid to get fired, not because you want to be there yeah. working on the job you're excited about. Um, right. And, and that really seems to be the model. I think it's, I mean, I think it's also worth, worth noting that Amazon is probably of sufficient size that, that different sections of Amazon could very much be exactly as described while, while yeah. other parts may be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I, you know, like, like you said, it's, it's, or like Dan, Dan said, it's like a culture thing and, you know, it, once you're at, at thousands or tens of thousands of employees, they're, they're like, I don't know, different like groups. You might never interact with people outside of your, your division of the company, I guess. Uh, you know, at, at, at my job where I work, I was on the, the, the board of a, of a culture project for our company. And, you know, without getting into specifics, one of the things I learned was that from, from experts who, who do this for a living is that when it comes to a company's culture, no matter what the employees do, it always comes from the top. Good, bad, indifferent, what management says makes a big impact on the culture a company has. Not every aspect, but it definitely mm-hmm. steers the ship. And that's what I'm yeah. getting from Amazon is that you can say, well, my co-employees are doing it, so I have to do it. Sure, but it doesn't sound like me to me like Amazon is, is stopping it or wanting to change it or even has a problem with it. And you know what? I'm totally okay with that. Amazon can run their company how they want. I'm not going to tell them how to run it. But what I think, and I'd be curious if your guys thought, and I think, Dan, you hinted at this a little bit, but if I am a talented engineer, which I'm not, but you guys are, um, and I and I read this article, all of a sudden I'm thinking I would never work at a place like this. Like, all this is doing is making Amazon look really shitty to the people it wants to hire. And maybe there's a small subsection who say, yes, I'm, I'm hardcore and this is what I want and I want to bust ass and make money and do awesome, but... I think for the majority of people, all this says to me is, why would I ever want to work for these people? Uh, well, I would. I from what I hear, Apple has a very similar culture, mm-hmm. and people want to work there all the time. And but like you said, I think that's the, uh, you know, the hardcore people who like, if you really want to write the next version of iOS. You can only do that at Apple. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you really want to do, you might do that. You might do it for a year or two or ten, but that's the only place you're going to be able to do that. And I think yes. there are a lot of things like that at Amazon, but there's a lot of you know craft work that needs to be done at Amazon too. And they're not going to. You'll have a, a tough time hiring good people to do that when your culture is like this. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. For the people who get to do the cool stuff, perhaps the cool stuff is reward enough. Yeah. But you you have to worry about all the other people too. There's probably yeah. more not cool like boring stuff than there is cool stuff too. I don't know. Well, you know, you look at a company and, and you know in the article it said something like Amazon has the highest or the second highest turnover rate of the for- of Fortune five hundred companies. And you wow. know, is that is that sustainable? Is really my question. 
you know, at some point, are you going to run out of people willing to work for you if you're <laughs> right, turning them over right. that quickly? Maybe some of that has to do with the type of business they're in, and, you know, maybe that's yeah. it, but, you know, maybe this does play a part in that. Yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to hear, like, how that that applies across, like, the different positions that, or, or different sorts of jobs at Amazon. Like, I feel like if that was in that was like the same the case for for like engineers or like that's that's i mean that's seems really bad yeah because not only like one there's not that many engine i you know it's like a i guess a limited supply of software engineers um never mind people who are one experience or two do like more more specialized things like hardware stuff like um but also, it takes a long time to train a, a software engineer, especially like the bigger your company, the longer it takes for them to be useful. And if you're you're losing people very quickly, I, you know that time is lost, really. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this uh, list of companies sorted by their turnover rate, and Google is number four, oh. the worst turnover rate. Yeah, those are the only two tech companies on the top uh, 20 or so. Interesting. Amazon and Google. It's definitely interesting. Google's median pay is uh, also $15,000 higher than Amazon's. It's fascinating. Yeah. I'm definitely interested to read the rest of this article, yeah. though. Yeah, it's an interesting piece. I'd, I'd recommend going out and anyone listening, if you haven't read it, go read it. Um, you know, true, false, whether you care or you don't care, I think it's just interesting to to read how, how a perception of, of what a tech company is may or may not match your expectations. Um, I think I think the uh, one of the lines here, I'm scrolling through it again, uh, addicted to success yeah. is one of the one of the other key things that mm. plays into culture a lot because you don't have to like like the company defines what success is and uh like you don't you sh- you should be able to make a living and not have to strive to be the best at something cuz being the best at something even if you're capable of it will completely destroy you mm-hmm. uh and you have to know that you want that and if you don't want that then you're going to just going to be really unhappy the whole way there yep. so the addicted to success line is is definitely something i see a lot yeah indeed Indeed, indeed. Well, we are going to continue on, gentlemen. We have time for another story. What would you like to talk about here? We can discuss Samsung, Apple, Nintendo, Google, Motorola. Google-rola? Google Well, not anymore. Well, not anymore, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, I, I want to talk about the Apple stuff. All right, let's talk about the Apple stuff. Yeah. We'll start yeah. with the uh, the Apple TV, and actually, I'm going to pull up a thread. Oh, right. There was an article that was published, like, I kid you not, like five minutes before we went on the air with some new supposedly leaked details. Ooh. Can you put that in the, in the chat or something? Uh, if I can get to it, my computer is running at a terrible pace because nothing I do ever works. Should upgrade um, to Windows 10. <laughs> Honestly, that, how ironic would that have been? Yeah, it worked better on ten. Shoot. <laughs> um, all right, hang on. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. Hang with me, folks. 
I'm hanging. Hang with me here. I think I found it. Oh, you're gonna beat me to it. Yeah, I beat you to it. Damn you. Oh, I'm gonna here, paste it? Here oh, we go. I gotcha. I just got it in real time here. New Apple TV will reportedly run iOS 9 and launch in September. Now, there's big rumors going around. I think September 9th is the date that's being pitched um, at this point, though. Obviously, we don't know that to be true for sure. Um, new Apple TV, according to 9to5Mac, it's going to have a lot of cool things, including... I'll just go through the list here quickly. Um, a slimmer design. Uh, super. Uh, a new remote, tactile keys, as well as touch and gesture-based inputs. Um, there's a rumor it will have some kind of audio built in. Now, whether that's a headphone jack on there for audio out or a microphone for audio in, could go either way. Um, it's believed it will have the proactive function. We talked about this in iOS 9 where it suggests things, you know, app suggestions, contact suggestions, all those things built into your TV. You know, probably suggesting things for you to watch through iTunes, I would assume. Um... Of course, apps, so uh, it will have its own app store, and developers will be able to have an SDK to develop apps for Apple TV. This has been rumored forever. Um, as well as more storage, faster processor, new interface, all that kind of good stuff, uh, supposedly launching in September. The key thing it will not have, supposedly, is uh, live television. So we talked about Apple launching its own TV service. Um, the believed rumor is that that's been pushed back to 2016 because of their inability to get deals done with the content providers. There you go, gentlemen. Does that sound like cool. an appealing product to you? I have one, and it doesn't sound that different than the one I have. So, yes, it is appealing. If I didn't have one, I would want one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I don't really feel the need to upgrade, I don't think. I The the uh, proactive, which sounds like some weird drug you're <laughs> Proactive that, is acne medication. Oh, it's an it's actual like topical drug? acne mm -hmm. cream. Yes, oh. it's very, it's very heavily advertised in yes, all places okay. that teenagers appear. Uh, that might that might be, that would be a killer feature. And the did I talk at all about the home kit stuff? I know that was rumored a while ago. I haven't heard much about it no since mention. then. But like, you can have your your Apple TV talk to you know. Your lights, well, and your door, doesn't stuff. It... Yeah, I mean, I would, I would expect that, right? I just don't know if it, how much of the interface it would be a part of. Right. You know, even if it's just talking into the remote, "Hey Siri, turn off the lights." You know, I think that's a pretty useful integration. Yeah, yeah, but I think the idea was on the uh, rumors that you couldn't really use HomeKit without Apple TV because they would all talk over Bluetooth Low Energy to Apple TV. Yes. And if you were like away mm -hmm. from your house and you wanted to turn the lights on, you needed to have one of those to yes. initiate that. Yeah, and that would, that would also factor into some of the internal upgrades, faster processors and better Bluetooth and all that kind of stuff. That would really speak to that. Yep. Otherwise, not too exciting. I think the App Store thing is exciting. I don't know what... Oh, it, I totally missed that. ...what it yeah. would be. Yeah. That's the question, right? Because, you know, I have a Roku now, and it's got apps, but they all do the same thing, just with different content. I would like to know if Apple... For me, if Apple can make a really good remote... Yeah. I, I, I just... I just... I don't know what it would be, but I just feel like there's something cool you could do with a relatively open platform you can build for a TV. But I have no idea what it would be. <laughs> I'm sure, like, well, that's, I don't know. That's I could imagine, but a lot of things. But then again, you have AirPlay, right? 
So anything you can already do on your phone or tablet, you can do on your big screen. So yeah, AirPlay works like eighty percent. Mm-hmm. AirPlay is great for like, oh, here's a website, or <laughs> here. Uh, it's not. It's not good for showing photos because it's not, you know, super high fidelity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay for video that you don't especially care about. Like you're not gonna watch a feature length movie with AirPlay. Right. But you could watch like a, you know a dumb YouTube video or some you know shaky cam cell phone thing you recorded. That's fine. Uh, I, I the cool thing about an app store is that Apple doesn't have to figure out what it will do. That's true. I think having an always-on device in your living room uh, that you can write that you can not write well you, you can write and you can use other people's software on it will enable a whole bunch of things. Uh, imagine the the Apple TV security app where, you know, it can't do much. It can tell if the lights are, you know, someone came into the room. Uh, but that's, that's way more than a lot of people have. Uh, and that could be pretty easily enabled. I think always on Siri would be cool. Yeah. Also because, like, I, I conceptually, I think... Amazon Echo is kind of cool, uh, but mm-hmm. I feel like one Amazon doesn't have anything like they aren't connected to anything that I'm interested in, and two, I just feel like like security wise, I I I feel like Apple is more trustworthy, and that uh, that is not based in fact, <laughs> right? That's just a like brand feeling that That's, I have. Yeah, it's based in marketing. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like. Right. I don't I don't have any reason other than like the recent the conversations about encrypted iMessages and stuff that and all that stuff. Uh but I don't know, like I might try that. Seems cool. For me I think it's if if people can write the you know, like I said, I, I have a Roku and I love it, but I think if people write really good apps, that is a for me a big selling feature because otherwise the Apple T V does eighty mm. percent of what all the other streaming boxes do. You know, AirPlay right, right. is a value add. I get that, and maybe Siri, but you can talk to Amazon, you know, Fire TV, and some of these other things. I, I want right. to know what 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 is unique. I feel like the other thing is is that like this is the kind of thing that iOS developers might actually develop for, mm-hmm. whereas like no one that doesn't have to is developing for Roku. Yep. <laughs> um, no, you're right. Like, no one that does and really probably the same way for like the Android are there Android TV options? I guess there are. They exist. Sort of. I, I I would yeah. guess nobody owns them, but Right. And they're they're like I don't know, the the platforms are kind of disparate and I I would imagine pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you said about Roku, they're all the same. Like, you know, it's the same app just with different content. Yeah. Um I I I don't know. I, I feel like it could be cool. And there are probably a bunch of people uh, who do interesting things that that might jump on that bandwagon simply because they want their thing on their Apple TV. That's, well, it's the same people who uh, built Apple Watch apps before that watch anyone held it, it was in their even hands. released. Yeah, yeah they just yeah. did it because they did it. Right. I, I'm imagining Overcast on my TV. That's which cute. sounds. I will put money nice. down now that at the September 9th event when Apple is demoing it. They bring on, either they bring on stage or at least show on screen a retailer where you can buy products using Apple TV and the Apple remote 
on your Apple TV. I guarantee they will demonstrate. I don't know who the retailer will be, but somebody will be up on stage saying, and now with Company X, you can buy right right <laughs> from anywhere. You can sit on your couch and, and surf and buy products through their app on Apple TV. <laughs> yeah, you know what the other the other thing that makes me more comfortable with an always on Apple device is that they they've never they haven't yet succeeded at advertising in in like <laughs> any sense. Like they've tried I ads, you're gonna start getting I ads. Uh, right. Yeah. I was imagining today and this is I've I've had this thought before with books. Like I really don't th- like if if I were making an a interesting book. Uh, I'm thinking like a sci-fi book or a fantasy book that has pictures or maps, or especially like a an ed- like a, your uh, what was the Amazon book you had me read? The, uh, everything, the everything Store, store. Yeah. with a lot of you know callouts and references and a, a large bibliography. I don't think that people should be making like ebooks anymore. They should be making apps that tell a story so that you have these interactive bits and you can you know scroll through maps and pinch and zoom and mm-hmm. jump from someone's name to you know a semantically meaningful description of that person in the books like you're reading uh, game of thrones you buy the you know the game of thrones app you buy each book and then you can buy the like the appendix thing so then you can like cross reference people's names with this human wrote a thing about the like that will be really great, but the same could be, uh, you Dude. know, the same could happen for movies or podcasts. Today I was going to do a podcast, and they mentioned all these products, and I'd love to buy them, and I'd love to support them if I buy them, but they don't really have show notes, and they might, but I'm on the move, and I don't have, like, I'm not going to go to the website. So if I could just open up the app, and it knew what they were talking about right now, or it just had a list, I could, like, all right, you know, add that to my cart. Uh, but movies movies where it's not just a linear uh, piece of video a documentary where you go to websites and you explore things and you move things around uh, that would all that would be an app it wouldn't be a movie anymore so that would be a cool thing for the TV too I'm curious like see I, I'm not sure how compelling I feel like people have been talking about stuff like that for years and I just don't I don't know. Maybe it just hasn't been done in a, in a great way yet. But, like, I'm interested how, like, on Xbox, right, they have that companion app thing where you can, like, watch TV and have stuff going on. Like, do people use that? I don't want to like, watch TV and have stuff going on. I want to watch TV. I, I want to be watching a TV show and have the ability, like, if... If they, this isn't good for like you know sitcoms or dramas. Uh, maybe for Game of Thrones it'd be useful. But if you're watching like uh, I don't know, True Detective, you don't you don't need. There's no there's no extra information you really want or need. You just want to watch it, and that's fine. That shouldn't yeah. stop. But in a, a documentary, a, a news story, uh, some really crazy Mad Men uh, Game of Thrones thing. It would be really cool to like they know they know what's happening in the scene. The people who made the content know what's happening in the scene right now, and they know what else you might be interested. If you're confused, if you just want to know more, you can link the behind the mm. scenes into that part right there. You can jump. Oh, who is this care? Oh, right, we saw his character in season two, and here's like their highlight clip. Okay, right, right, right. Okay. Do 
Do you have a Kindle, Dan? I don't have a Kindle, no. So on, on, kin- on Kindle, at least on the newer Kindles, I don't think it's on my old one, they have this thing called X-Ray. So, like, if you, like... Yeah, that's they, in they, the apps they, also. Right. They've, they've also, like, it, it, it's always been the case where you, like, you could press down and, like, get a definition of a word you didn't know. Uh, but in certain books that have it, they have this X-Ray and, like... You know, you can you can hold on a character's name and it'll give you like a blurb about who the character is or like some event or or a proper noun that is that is relevant to the story. They'll tell you about it. Um, And that's kind of interesting. I actually find that useful sometimes. Yeah, I like if I could be watching a documentary like the Enron documentary and they call out to some court case that someone was later involved in, you know, 20 seconds. If I could, like, press a button on the remote and then it just brings up the Wikipedia page or whatever, the Sony Entertainment page on that thing mm-hmm. on my, like, tablet or my phone right there, uh, that's great. Because I end up doing that. I end up doing that yeah. anyway sometimes, but then I just forget about things or, you know, I'm, like, too lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would be really excited about Apple TV apps that are, like, enhanced experiences for a TV. I don't want like Overcast would be great but I don't want like the BBC or like and New York. New York Times might be okay because I've got some cool videos on there but I don't need I don't need Facebook.com I don't need well, yeah, you, you don't want You don't want blown up phone apps is what you don't want. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, I, think, I think that makes sense and I think that's been a downfall of, of many a platform has been not yeah. smartly... I mean, Google made a big push with material design where they say, we're going to smartly redesign how things look on different devices and really co- be cohesive about uh, how things fit. Yeah. Neat. All right, well, that's it. We're out of time for news. We got to move on because we got to talk about picks. We got picks. We're back. We got picks. Uh, I will volunteer to go first. Mine is a quick one. Okay. It's like 50% revisit. Uh, and 50% new stuff. Uh, way back when 8.1 came out, I suggested Start 8, which is the Windows uh, Start Menu replacement app where you buy it and you install it and you get um, a new Start Menu. Uh, and you can customize it and make it look all kinds of funky new ways. Well, uh, the company behind it called Stardock uh, has released, unbelievably named, Smart 10, which is the Windows 10 Start Menu software. Um, And it does basically the same thing. I'll put it up here on the screen for those of you at home. Uh, But essentially what it does is it just recreates... Well, it's very customizable. So if you want your Windows 10 start menu to look like the Windows 7 start menu, the Windows 8 start menu, the Windows 10 start menu, you can adjust the colors, what buttons are there, even what the little icon in the bottom left-hand corner looks like. Um, You get all of the options. Um, I obviously barely used Start 10 because I didn't stick around too long for that um, (laughs) smartly. But what I will say is that um, I have been extremely happy with Start 8. If you have Windows 8, I actually do recommend go get Start 8 um, because I've been super happy with it. Um, It's worked flawlessly. It's never had a problem, and I just don't like the 8 or the 10 Start menu. That's just a preference. They try and force some of those Windows apps in there. Uh, And I like the old look where it's just the list of buttons and things. Um, Start 8 is four ninety nine, and Start 10, it's not a free upgrade, it's another four ninety nine. but I think at 5 bucks, like, for me, that's like a duh, no-brainer. 
Um, it works great. If you have Windows, really, really check it out. It's uh, stardock.com, uh, start 8 for Windows 8 and start 10 for Windows 10. Um, if you want to try a different experience, and they have like a free trial you can download. Um, check that out. Make, makes Windows, for me anyway, a little more usable. Nice. That's it for me. Let's go to the order of the sheet, Dan Miller. Let's let's talk travel. What what do you got for? Did I did I do did I mention TripIt on here? I don't think so. Okay, okay. So TripIt.com is a really great and really terrible website all at the same time. <laughs> I couldn't agree uh, with they you also, more. They also have apps. Uh, so <laughs> here's here's how to use it. Don't don't go there and try to figure it out. Here's what you do. You register a TripIt account. And I think this applies for uh, the non-pro version also. Uh, but you register a TripIt account and then just stop. From the email that you registered, forward all of your confirmation emails for all of your flights that you're taking for a trip to plans at tripit.com and then they magically show up in this list ordered by chronology it keeps track of like all the important information your confirmation number where your seat is when it gets assigned the terminal the plane is leaving from the gate when the gate comes available it notifies you if there are any delays with the plane uh, it reminds you to check in when online check-in is available so you don't have to check in at the at the desk uh, it's really great it also has tons and tons of features, which is why the website is so ugly. Uh, but some of these features are really great. So I went on, I think would probably be like, you know, a, a tenth percentile trip in terms of how complicated it was. And it handled everything. It, hand, it could decipher the most obscure airline emails that we sent it. It had... <laughs> uh, places to fill out all the information it had places for it knew what airbnb was when we sent those confirmation emails it knew what the hotels were it knew what it meant to have reservations for a dinner uh, it could handle all the time zones so it knew what the time zone was of the email that you forwarded it and what time zone you're currently in it's really great uh also the when you're traveling the apple maps app for the Apple Watch is especially useful. Sadly, I only got to use it for two days before my watch died because I forgot to bring my charger. Uh, but those two days I had it, it was so useful. When you're in a place that you don't, you have you have no idea where you are. You dial in walking directions. When you're uh, And when you're in a place you know, it doesn't matter as much because you don't really have to look. It's mostly there, you know, for like a safety net in the back of your head. Uh, but here, I had no idea where I was. So I was constantly trying to like look around at the landmarks and orient myself either in my head or on the actual map. And it's so much easier when it, the map is just always on your wrist. Uh, and when it's buzzing you, telling you which way to turn as you're walking. Uh, so that was even more useful than I found it to be in the past. Uh, also, I noticed last week that... Uh, Brian picked Rocket League, and Rocket League is, in fact, amazing. So yes. that was going to be my pick this week. It's so much fun. Definitely play it. Yeah. we got we to get a game going sometime. Yeah, seriously. Colby, I told Colby about it on vacation. So I thought about buying it, and then I just Oof. didn't. <laughs> that sounds very Colby of you. Yeah. Love it. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Colby, what do you got for us? Uh, so, 
I picked my first. I have two picks. One is fast. Well, they're both probably fast. But the first one I picked before it's that the uh, app I use for like transit directions. It's called City Mapper. Um, I rarely, I don't even use it for directions anymore. I pretty much just use it to see like the bus times or the train times for whatever train I'm taking. Because for the most part, uh, when I'm when I'm transiting nowadays, like I know where I'm going. Like I know how to get there. I just need to know when I'm gonna get there or when to leave my house to get there. Um, but they, so they just, I was, I was just in there today and at some point in the recent past, they added a feature where they'll send you notifications for, um, like problems. Like, so, so for example, the MBTA, which is the subway bus company thing, uh, in Boston, they have like a status page where you can go and see like, uh, you know what line if there are problems with any of the lines or or the specific trains or any of the buses um, and that I literally every time before I leave the house and before I leave the office I always go look at it um, so they they'll send you notifications now and you can pick like it's it's very granular like you can pick like I take the e-train on the green line from work to home and so you can pick just send me notifications for the e-train um, so I'm very excited. I haven't gotten any notifications yet cause I just turned it on this afternoon. Um, but I, I'm very excited about that because that, that will theoretically save me like boatloads of time. Cause, cause <laughs> at least twice a day I take out my phone, wait for the app to load because it's been like garbage collected by iOS, mm-hmm. uh, and then wait for the status to load. Um, and it makes my phone my phone feels very slow, so I'm excited to 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 learn that proactively, and I think it'll be really delightful with my watch as well because I'll just get it on my wrist. Um, so that's cool. The other thing is there's like a million PS4 games that I want to play that aren't go- coming out until November, uh, so I had to find something to do in the interim. Uh, so I ended up downloading Batman Arkham Knight. I played the fr- I think I played the first in this Batman series. I don't know. This is like the third or the fourth one. Um, and it's pretty fun. I like it. You get to drive the Batmobile in this one and like crash into stuff and like things just break. Uh, and there's all kinds of like crazy combos and Batman stuff. It's it's pretty fun. I've enjoyed it so far. I've I've spent a couple hours playing, but. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like open worldy, so you get to be Batman and just like Batman around and Batman stuff. Get to be the Batman. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that sounds sounds right up your alley, Colby. That's great. Yeah, yeah. check this out: City Mapper, Batman Arkham Knight, and uh, and Trip It. And Dan, I agree. I'm a big fan of Trip It. Uh, yeah, I saw that you uh, you joined me on there. Yeah, I use it for. That's all my, why my I couldn't remember. Travel. I was like, maybe I mentioned this on the show. What did yeah. you use it for? Uh, business travel. Whenever I, whenever I just forward uh, everything nice. there, and yeah, the, the just forwarding the the auto magicness of it is pretty good. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. I will say the the Google inbox trip things are pretty, pretty useful. Yeah, yeah. I I think I I suspect I think TripIt was better. Like they certainly give you more and better details, but. Uh, without having to do anything, the Google inbox inbox rollups make it like oh, easy nice. enough to just find your flights and stuff. So that's nice too. Yeah. Cool. All right, gentlemen, that's it. 
that's it. We, we are ready to conclude. I will do my usual reminders that don'tpanic.io is our website. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it will be working. Uh, so go there and get all the past episodes uh, and, and listen to them, uh, as well as how to subscribe. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at Don't Panic Show. And remember, we're doing our 100th episode giveaway. So we got some T-shirts and some other cool prizes. Uh, there's going to be two winners. All you got to do, rules are simple. Go on Twitter and do one of two things. Either retweet one of the tweets about this episode, the 100th episode, there'll be a couple of them, only those, only the ones about episode 100. Or tweet yourself about episode 100 and include two things in your tweet. One, the don'tpanic.io link to uh, either don'tpanic.io or the link to the episode, as well as at don'tpanicshow. Include both of those as well to enter one entry uh, per method per person. So you can uh, tweet and retweet, uh, but no more than one of each. Um and other various legal things apply. But uh, do that, two winners, uh, get some cool swag uh, on behalf of us and the 100th episode. And of course, I think we got to end this episode not only thanking our fans for joining us tonight, but joining us for two and a half years, 100 episodes, countless oh, yeah. failures and mistakes, but nonetheless, they have stuck around. And an episode century of Don't Panic. That is exactly right. <laughs> Feels like a long time, went by pretty quick. Um, yep. And I think the, the best years are ahead of us. So we've got nowhere to go but up. It <laughs> didn't sound as good as I hoped it would, but <laughs> I guess we'll take it. Uh, on behalf of Colby and Dan, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you next time for another episode of Don't Panic. <laughs>